Welcome to the weekly message from Encounter, where the past has no future and hope is reborn. Our speaker today is Bishop Michael Rice, lead pastor at Encounter. Good morning, church. Good to see you this morning. Yeah. Thank God for his love for us. Amen? Amen. And he doesn't just love us to love us. He loves us to change us. I'm glad I'm not serving a God who demands that I change so that he could love me. He loves me so that I could change. And uh, I want to thank Jeff for his leadership in in ELO. And uh, these guys... James and David and Will. Um, these are frontline soldiers. I really have the utmost respect for how God, how God is using them. And um, uh, we're, we're, not, we're not yet winning every battle. And I, I, I know I, I have laid the challenge before them that um, we will be satisfied when we win every battle. We're not there yet, but I'm thankful for the battles that we win. And um, thank you for, as a church, and not only your investment um, financially, but investment of yourselves. I, I want to tell you right now, absolutely, if you didn't embrace these guys the way that you did, the results wouldn't be what they are. And I mean that, I mean that. The love of God through each and every one of you, your lack of judging and your lack of uh, self-righteousness, and you're willing to embrace individuals um, is, is being used by God to help them. Go ahead and pat the person on, on the back next to you. Tell them, good job. Good job. I, I have a, a word to share with you, and then we're going to be celebrating communion together as a body. But if you would turn with me to the book of John chapter 13. Again, I want to welcome all of you and all of those that are joining us on the live feed, whether it's YouTube or Facebook or the church's website. John chapter 13, we'll begin reading at verse number 1. John 13, 1. I'm reading out of New King James. Now, before the feast of the Passover... When Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And supper being ended, the devil having already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, And that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from supper, and laid aside his garments, and took a towel, and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin, and began to wash the disciples' feet, and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. Drop down to verse 12 with me. 
So when he had washed their feet, taken his garments, and sat down again, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. I'm going to go back to verse 12 and read it again. So when he had washed their feet, taken his garments, and sat down again, he said to them, do you know what I have done to you? That's the message this morning. Do you know what I have done? Would you stretch your hands this way and pray with me and for me this morning? Father, through this week you have brought this word to me. And now it's my task to bring this word to, to those that are listening, either here present or online. But, but we know that without the Holy Spirit, nothing of value is going to be accomplished. So I lean into you, Father. Holy Spirit, I, I release you to do what you do so well. Speak to every individual, God. Personalize this word to every individual. Let us hear what we each need to hear. I bind the hand of the enemy that would hinder. I cast down every distraction. And I thank you, God, for what you're going to do. Amen. Do you know what I have done? I, 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 I know this much about God. When he asks a question, it's a good idea to have an answer. He's asking this question not just to these that are present. He knew that his spirit would instruct John to write these words down. He knew that you and I would be here today. He knew that down through the ages, others would go to this book and we would read this. And we need to be able to answer his question. Do you know what I've done? He uses the word example. He said, I'm, I've done this as an example for you. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. Now relax, we're not having a foot washing service. Some of you immediately thought, uh-oh, is there holes in my socks? How many have ever been a part of a foot washing service? I was at a retreat one time. I just remembered this. 
it was a men's retreat, and it was a, a retreat that was a blessing. Don't misunderstand. But at that retreat, you were partnered with somebody. And there was a little problem with the schedule because we had a foot washing service that immediately went into a communion service. And it was a unique communion service in that the person you were partnered with is the one that took the bread and ripped off a piece and put it in your mouth. And I couldn't get past the thought, that dude just washed my feet. And we have had no time between that and that piece of bread coming into my mouth. It ruined the experience for me. And I, 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 I don't doubt for a moment. I've seen God use a foot washing service to do some profound things. I've seen him break down, and I've seen him mend, and I've seen him restore. But he means more than that here. He, he meant more than just the institution of the practice that is only occasionally ever done in a church body of foot washing. You see, in those, in those days, you didn't have a, a motorcycle or a car or a bicycle to get around you. If you went somewhere, you went somewhere on foot. And it's hot, and it's dusty, and they don't have every brand of Nike. I mean, all they had was Converse's back then. And... And you, you, you traveled by your feet. I remember the first time I went hiking with my son Gabriel, and he is knowledgeable about hiking. And he, one of the things that he took care was to make sure that our feet were ready. I didn't understand the importance of making sure. And when, I, when we got ready, he had bought a pair of socks, and so we had special new socks to put on because foot care was important. And I want to tell you, halfway through the first day, I realized just how important foot care was. When you washed somebody's feet, that was a custom that they did there. If you traveled the distance to go visit somebody, it was customary for you to come in the door and sit down and take your sandals off. And if they were a good host, they would come with water and a, a towel, and they would wash your feet. It was a way of greeting. It was a way of welcoming somebody into your home and to take the refreshing off of the journey, to refresh their feet from the journey, and, and to just, you know how it feels, it just feels good. And that was a way that you, 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 you not only welcomed somebody, but you refreshed them. Because traveling then, it was difficult, and it took a toll on your feet. So when Jesus here is talking about washing feet, he's talking about doing that. Listen, life is tough, people. 
It's getting tougher. Come on now, give me an amen. amen. And, and, and we in the, in the church have been called to be a place of refreshing. Not a place of judgment or condemnation. I, I think that if the, if the will of God is being accomplished in a body of believers, that it doesn't matter how bad you are out in the world, you come in with a body of believers, you feel refreshed. I know some churches that brag about how uncomfortable sinners feel around them. As if that's a designation of their righteousness or holiness. And yet Jesus was called the friend of sinners. And by taking the act of, of washing another's feet, you're, 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 this is an example how we ought to be in, inviting people into our lives. We ought to be a refreshing to them, not a judgment of them. That, that our relationship with them should be one of, of a, a, a safe harbor. And so Jesus said he gave an example of what that looked like. And so we go back up to verse number four. The Bible says this. He rose from supper, laid aside his garments, took a towel, and girded himself. Number one, he rose from supper. I want to tell you something. The worst thing we've done to Christianity today in America is we've made churchgoers consumers. Where people feel like their connection with church is to go to church and watch the ministry team do their thing. And they vote by their attendance and they vote by the money they put in the offering plate. I've been to large churches and if you're a visitor, you're handed a pamphlet and talks about the ministries available to you. We still at this church occasionally get queries from people, either from an email or a telephone call. I'm interested in the ministries that you offer somebody. As if I'm selling a car with new tires and air conditioning. We've turned Christians into consumers. Years ago, I had a lady, well-meaning lady, say to me, Pastor, I, I know you've noticed now a couple of years that, you know, I'll, I'll be here one Sunday and then I won't next and I might miss two and then I'm back again. I just want you to know everything is okay. Because on Sunday, I, I get up and I decide what I want for that day. And she said, if I want great worship, worship, I go over here to this church. If I want to get a word, a personal prophecy, I go over here to this church. And she said, those days when I just want a deep, fresh word of God, I come here. Jesus has been turned into a buffet where you consume whatever you want. There, there's no connection. 
We've had the model of the super church where thousands will gather in the building and they're engaged in professionally done ministry. But their life has not really changed. There's no real connection in the body. They come and they observe like walking into a movie theater. And they observe the ministry and when the ministry is over, they leave again. They have consumed. We've become consumers in Christianity. Another worship conference. Another prophetic word. Another gathering. Another, we've almost run out of names to call them. And Jesus here said that he gave us an example. And the first thing he did was he got up from supper. There needs to come a time in every Christian's life where we, we quit just consuming. You get up from eating. How much more do you need? How much more do you need to consume before you do something? How much more do you need to know? How much more do you need to feed into you? How, much more, how many more worship conferences do you need? How many more messages do we need to hear? How many more moves of the Spirit? How many more awakenings do we need? How many more revivals do we need? Jesus set the example. He got up from consuming. I tell you what you ought to be doing. Instead of looking for the next worship conference, you ought to be looking for some dirty feet somewhere. You ought to be looking, we ought to be looking for somebody who's struggling in life. Somebody who's a mess. And engage them. Somebody who doesn't have it all together. And engage them. And be willing to, listen, he washed dirty feet. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm not a fan of feet. If you saw mine, you'd understand. <laughs> I scare children with my feet. I shower twice a day because I have to. Feet. Listen to me for a moment. To reach somebody's feet, you've got to bend down lower than they are. And maybe that's why we don't like this example. That's why we don't talk about these verses much. Because the reality is you've got to get up from supper. You've got to get up from supper and get down to minister to somebody. We ought to be a people that are looking for dirty feet to wash. Jesus said, you've seen me do it. I'm setting the example. If I wash your feet, you call me Lord and Master, and well, you do, because I am. And if I wash your feet, shouldn't you do also to each other? I think, I think the church could turn this world around 
If we get out of the idea that our only response to the gospel is a post on Facebook. And we think that because we flame somebody on Facebook, we're being used of God. You want to be used of God? Find some dirty feet. Quit consuming. More consuming and more consuming and another conference and another service and another revival and another awakening and another this and another that and this gathering and that gathering. My gosh, people, how much can you eat? He got up from supper. He said, enough. I want to tell you something. If you're here today, and, and God has saved you. You have enough right now to get up from supper. He rose from supper and he laid aside his garments. You see, there's, there's the rub. Can I tell you something? It's going to cost you something to do ministry. You're going to have to lay aside some stuff. You're going to lay some stuff. There's some stuff you're going to have to shed. You might have to give away some stuff. He laid aside his garments. He laid that aside. People will tell me, Pastor, I just don't, I don't have time for ministry. They're working two jobs so that they got more money to remodel or fit or buy a better car. Jesus laid aside something. Here's the reality. There's only X number of hours in a day. You got to decide what you do with those hours. You can spend it making more money so you can upgrade your cable program. Or you can wash feet. Okay, so we're not going to run and shout today. I get it. Still a good word. Still a good word. Lay aside. What I ask you, and I ask you in love, but I ask you with a sword. What have you laid aside for somebody? What have you laid aside for somebody? I'm not talking about money. What have you laid aside for somebody? When have you risked it? Holy Spirit moves on you in Walmart to go pray for somebody and you won't lay aside your pride. Because that's the only thing that will keep you from going and praying for somebody is pride. I don't know how they think about me. Who cares? What have you laid aside? We need to be people that get up from supper and lay aside something. God, thank you for all you've taught me, and thank you for what I've consumed, but I, I want to do for somebody now. I want to risk it. I want to put my neck out there. I want to speak where if it isn't God, I'm in trouble. I want to go where if God isn't with me, I'm in trouble. I want to engage somebody. That engaging them could cost me my life. She was a young mother of three daughters, and she started attending church, and she got saved. And 
Sometime later, she began to unfold her story. She had a husband that was very abusive. And she asked me, Pastor, do I, do I have the right to divorce him? I said, has he been unfaithful to you? And she said, no. But I'm worried about my own well-being, and I'm worried about the well-being of my girls. I said, as a mother, you have a responsibility to protect yourself and your children. So with the church's help, she was able to move a long ways away. Not for the purpose of getting divorced, to force him to get right. I'd never met the man. I later did. His nickname was Bigfoot. That's all you need to know. He fit the description. One Sunday morning, after service, one of the ushers came to me and said, Pastor, there's a gentleman here who would like to talk to you. And I said, have him come in. Well, he wants to talk to you in private. I said, send him in my office. As soon as I'm done, I'll go engage him. He's six foot four, 275 pounds, had on a nice cut suit. I walk into my office, shook his hand, walked behind my desk, sat down, and said, what can I do for you? He asked me if I knew this lady. This was that lady's husband. I said, yes, I do. He looked at me through pursed lips. He reached into his suit pocket and pulled out a gun. He said, now I'm going to tell you why you deserve to die today, and then I'm going to kill you. I'm twisted somewhat, folks, okay? My first thought was, you know, i got to rearrange my office. Because right now, i got to run past him to get out the door. I want the door to be closer next time that I engage this. He didn't give his heart to God that day. But after some very passionate exchanges, he stuck the gun back in his pocket. And he later got saved. We later went whitewater rafting together. <laughs> That's true. To do ministry, you've got to be willing to lay something aside, folks. In that moment, the human part of me was like, I don't want to be here. But the spirit part of me knew that I gave my life to God long before then. And I trusted him. What have you laid aside for somebody? No one weeps anymore for the lost. In the words of the old Keith Green song, Bless me, Lord, bless me, Lord. You know, that's all I ever hear. 
When was the last time we included in our prayer a prayer for somebody else? He not only laid aside his garments, the Bible said he took a towel and he girded himself. And then he washed their feet with a basin of water. And he dried his feet with the towel that he was wearing. Can I, can I tell you, it's going to, to really do ministry like Jesus' example, we've got to get up from consuming. We've got to be willing to lay something aside. And we've got to understand that it's going to dirty up our life a little bit. Come on. It's, it's going to cause things to get a little dirty. Your life may not be clear cut. It may not be as you're engaging in ministry. You're going to be yelled at. They're going to hate you because they hate him. You're going to be lied about. You're going to be cheated on. You're going to be used. It's going to hurt. You're going to be abused. It's going to hurt. Life and times in doing ministry is going to get dirty and smelly. Are you willing? I lovingly ask you this as your pastor. When was the last time you got dirty for somebody? I didn't say do dirty. I'm saying got dirty. When was the last time that something in your life was left less because you did ministry? In just a few moments, I want to pray over you, and then we're going to have communion together. The gentleman that I'm talking about may be watching us today. I know he watches the broadcast. I'll never forget. He and his wife started attending the church that we pastored years ago. He had demonic problems. And it was a Sunday morning service, and... And I'm not going to say that I handled it all perfectly, but I handled it as well as I could. But during an altar service, he came up. And he's a bull of a man. And he had numerous demons inside of him. We had a full house, and we prayed, and demons manifested. And he bellowed like a, an ox. He was loud. He's a, he's a strong guy. And he hollered and cursed and flailed around. Fell to the ground numerous times. It was ugly. It was embarrassing, if you will. But he got freedom. As soon as I dismissed service, she sat about halfway back on this side. A lady who was friends of our families. Our families and theirs were friends. She got up and she made a beeline for me. 
I didn't even get out from behind a pulpit, and she got right up in my face. And she said, Pastor, please tell me that's not what we're becoming. I said, what do you mean? And she said that. She pointed at the area in the altar. Tell me that will never happen again. She said, what if I had family here today? What if I had friends here? What if I had invited somebody to church and they saw that happen? Tell me that's never going to happen again. Because that's not right. I understand. It messed up what she thought was a beautiful service. I get it. And I acknowledge I probably didn't handle it the best way I could. But the man got free. And as she's standing there scowling at me, I I look back over her shoulder. And I see that bear of a man. Him and his wife have their arms wrapped around each other, crying. You have no idea the hell she had been through with him. And I simply said to her, go ask them if today's service was okay. we got to get out of this pretty clean Christianity. Can I tell you it's raw and ugly sometimes? The devil's in it to destroy lives. And engaging people sometimes is going to ugly things up a little bit. Jesus got up from the supper table. He quit consuming. He laid something aside. And something he did have got dirtied because he did ministry. And then he sat down at the table and said to the disciples, do you understand what I just did? You do the same. So under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, I ask you, do you understand what he just did? He didn't go to church looking for another blessing. He went to church looking for dirty feet. And maybe the battle you're fighting to get through to get to church has nothing to do with you. Maybe it has something to do with somebody that needs their feet washed and God wants to use you. Give me this if nothing else. And I'll close. He's a ministry friend of mine. He's literally traveled the world for the gospel. But there was a time in his life when he was falsely accused of doing something. And it just shredded his heart. And in the story, it's now the next day he's going to court to hear the jury's outcome. If he's found guilty, probably will go to prison for 18 years. You can imagine what's going through his heart. He's at the church praying, and he's crying, and he's praying, and he's begging God. 
And as he tells the story, his mom showed up. She came in and she sat back and listened for a little while. And she walked up to him. And she said, stand up. He stood up and she looked him in the face and she said, just stop it. All this squalling and crying. Just stop it. What are you crying about? He goes, Mom. I can't. And she goes, listen. This was never about you. He goes, I'm the one. She goes, this was never about you. This was always about all of those people God's going to reach through you. And she says, in the heart of this matter will be settled when you tell God, I take responsibility for what you have for me, God. And he went to jury the next court the next day, and the jury said, innocent of all charges. Can I tell you folks, some of the battles you go, listen, the devil likes to get us into a tiss where we think that because we have this problem, it's because of us. Come on now. What did I do wrong? What should I have done right? What's going on in my life? What's going, we look in the mirror, he turns us inward. He, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with, maybe it isn't about you. Maybe it's about somebody that God wants to use you to reach. And you got to get through this to get to them. You got to get up from just consuming and you got to be willing to lay aside some stuff and, and you got to be willing to get a little bit dirty. And Jesus said, this is, this is what I've done for you. Now you do this for each other. You may, you may wonder, may wonder what this has to do with communion. It has everything to do with communion. Because you see, this is the last meal they shared together before they have what we call the Last Supper. This is the day before Passover. The next day is Passover. The next time he looks at his, those same disciples with a meal in front of them, he says, this is my body broken for you. This is my blood spilled out for you. This is another rendition of what he told them at meal last night. <laughs> Would you stand to your feet? You may have never heard this in a church service before. I just felt to ask this, and then I want to pray for you. How many want to begin to wash dirty feet? If you sit in self-righteous judgment of somebody, you will never wash their feet. 
If you think you're better than somebody, you will never wash their feet. But if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves, Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you. I thank you, God, that you are such a loving God. You, you love us so much at times you chasten us. And I know that we, we don't necessarily enjoy that, God, but, but it's a sign that we're not orphans. I pray, God, for those that are gathered here or those that are watching online. I pray for them. I pray for myself that I would learn to get up from the table of always consuming the things of God. That I would be willing to lay aside something. God, forgive me. Forgive us. If the amount of money we spend on cable TV is more than we give in missions, forgive us of that, God. God, help us to get up from our supper table. Help us to cast off our garments. Help us to be willing to get down in the dirty. To minister to somebody you love. And Father, I thank you for that. I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. That's Bishop Michael Rice, lead pastor of Encounter. More messages from Pastor Rice are available at our website, godenc.com. You can subscribe to our regular podcast through our website or on iTunes. Find us on Facebook under Encounter.